This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. On today's show, we're joined by the National Cannabis Industry Association uh, and their director of marketing, Calico Castile, and their brand partnership manager, Amy Rose. We'd love for you guys to tune in with us later on in the show. But as always, we're going to check in with Ed and see what he's learned from the Data Vault this week. Thanks, Amanda. So the team recently finished up on getting some periodic updates from states like Washington, Colorado, Oklahoma, and Oregon. So these come in on a pretty regular basis, and this is you know, how we update the files. We're also continuing to get responses from the dozens of open record uh, requests we've been sending out to the, uh, to the states. So they tend, they're, they're tending now to focus a lot on hemp because the states are finalizing those license lists. So uh, we continue to send those out. We expect throughout the month of April to be getting more of that information into the team and then eventually into the product itself. Understood, understood. So we'll be on the lookout for those updates come April. And Ed, we talked about this uh, a couple podcasts ago regarding you know new mm-hmm. license holders being granted cultivation licenses and starting construction. But I saw a news article today that Acreage Holdings just began construction on one of their Northeast Florida f- licenses. Um, do you think that we're going to start to see more operators begin construction amidst COVID? Oh, it's a good question. I, I, I think the the one in Florida that you're talking about, they got a approval back in October 2019. There were a lot of news stories about that. And then the one today that came through that basically said they're, you know, rocking and rolling on it. It used to be a, I think, a roofing factory down in Florida. So, um, oh, wow. so yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, we're working actually in a podcast uh, and, and data piece on what the first quarter has been like in terms of cultivation licenses. So just a sneak peek that it's been California and Oklahoma that have been cranking out those licenses, but we can talk a little bit more about that at the end of the pod. Sounds good to me, Ed. Thanks again for the updates. As I mentioned on today's show, we'll be joined by Calico Castile and Amy Rose of NCIA. Stay tuned for more updates from the Data Vault. The cannabis industry has been deemed essential, but it's still being frozen out of federal relief funds. More than ever, it's critical for our industry to have a voice in Washington, D.C., The National Cannabis Industry Association has been representing the cannabis industry on Capitol Hill since 2010. Join as a member and support their efforts. Visit thecannabisindustry.org. That's thecannabisindustry.org and join to learn more. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Amy Rose and Calico Castile of NCIA. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hey. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks again for having us. Excited to be here. 
It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Um, for our listeners out there, uh, you may not know, but we have partnered with the National Cannabis Industry Associations over the last year. Uh, they were actually one of the first trade associations that joined us for our partnership program uh, that we started. So we're so excited to have you guys on the show here. Um, I know you guys have been working on, on a lot of things here in quarantine. So why don't we give our, our audience a quick introduction? Uh, Coleco, tell us a little bit more about yourself and NCIA and Amy, you as well. Yeah, thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, my name is Coleco Castile, so I'm the Director of Marketing at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Uh, I've been at NCIA for about three years now. Um, so NCIA obviously started in 2010. We're heading into our 10th year in operation right now, representing the cannabis industry at the federal level. And, uh, you know, really my job at NCIA is helping to grow the brand and get more information out to our members so that they can help grow their businesses and ultimately help us grow our, our voice in Washington, D.C. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Amy Rose. I am the Business Development and Strategic Partnerships Manager here at NCIA. Um, I've been with NCIA for about three years as well. Uh, Coleco and I actually joined around the same time, um, but uh, yeah, I've been in the industry since uh, 2016, so it's been, I guess, some people say a lifetime, but I worked at a dispensary and a testing lab before this, so I've seen a, a few different aspects of the industry before, so just bringing all that knowledge um, here to NCIA and um, just building our partnerships as well as um, member base here at the association. Wow. So you guys both have had uh, some deep-seated roots here within the industry. Um, you know, why did you choose to, to work with NCIA? I'll jump in first real quick. Um, so I actually started as an intern for Normal back in 2011. So, you know, at the time, um, most politicians wouldn't touch marijuana with a 10-foot pole. Uh, and they were very quick to let you know that when you would uh, reach out to them trying to lobby them on marijuana issues. So I started as an intern. Um, from there, I went on to start a political action committee in Oregon, raising money for uh, legalization up there. Um, started at my own dispensary in Portland, Oregon, uh, when medical dispensaries first went live. And then I've done sort of like sales and marketing for various sort of cannabis startups up until this point. So really working at NCIA has been this really awesome opportunity to sort of marry both the activist roots that I came into this industry or this movement with uh, and the sort of industry skills that I've taught myself uh, through sort of opening a dispensary and writing the business plan and doing all of the things that it takes to, to get a business off the ground. So, um, you know, working at NCIA really for me is a, a, the perfect marriage between activism and uh, I guess capitalism if you want to. Yeah, and I guess my story is a little bit different. I actually, I don't come from the policy side of things. Um, NCIA is the first organization that I've worked with um, that is really focused on policy. Um, I more came from like hospitality and just more interest in the industry in itself. Um, not to say that I'm, I'm not um, interested in, I mean, the whole thing with NCIA is that we all care so much about the passion. And I think that all of us staff um, can say that. Um, that we really just care about the mission and, and it's been an honor to uh, be a part of it and just looking forward to what the future holds within NCIA and, and the industry in general. Well, great. So congratulations on your 10th year anniversary. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to dig in is, you know, what makes NCIA unique as a national trade association? Because there aren't many that can carry off that that national reach like you do. So what makes you stand apart from the others uh, that are that are out there? 
I would say one of the things that really, you know, stands as, you know, makes us stand apart is obviously like how long we've been around, right? So, you know, I think there have been a lot of uh, organizations who have tried to, you know, stand up and be able to start trade associations or member organizations. And, you know, Ed, I know you have some trade association background and it's not as easy as it may look sometimes. Um, so I think one of the things that makes us sort of unique is that we have been at this for a really long time and really, you know, the the movers and shakers of the industry are either members of this organization or have been members of this organization and exited from the industry. Um, I think most people who are, you know, seriously considering or are seriously operating inside of this industry, uh, you know, see us as a resource both for educational purposes as well as just making those business connections um, so that they can help grow yeah, their business. Absolutely. You're right. I, I used to work at a trade association uh, in the software and publishing space and one of the things that I learned in my seven years there was that most associations, and I think NCAA may fit under this as well, typically fulfill three big roles. They're there to protect, promote, and inform for the industry. And so what I'd like to do is, is you know, dig into a little bit of that, especially on the protection side uh, to start with, because right now with the COVID crisis, we're seeing the importance of a trade association to represent the industry on topics like essential versus non-essential businesses, you know, who's open, who's not. And also, you know, our industry is being left out of the stimulus package. So I wonder if you and Amy could comment on on that and, and what NCIA is uh, doing on both those two big issues. Absolutely. So, you know, from the essential sort of, and for the essential versus non-essential business conversation, you know, I think for us, um, this is something like at, at a macro level, I don't think anybody really could have expected uh, prior to this pandemic, um, the idea that cannabis uh, industry would be deemed essential by by most states across the country. But, you know, we are finding that, you know, the cannabis industry has, you know, and the movement in general has done a really great job of um, getting themselves embedded into the communities that they serve. And, you know, these communities are also, you know, calling to make sure that these people are still staying open. So from our standpoint at, at NCIA, you know, we're really trying to help um, promote this conversation as much as possible. You know, we've really been pushing the hashtag on social um, cannabis is essential. And we've also been, we started up a COVID-19 resources page on our website that people can check out from our homepage that actually kind of gives regular updates about news from the uh, the industry and the different states that are having this conversation around essential businesses, as well as regular updates from our government relations staff. Because, you know, as you mentioned, uh, cannabis being a federally illegal uh, business is something that is, you know, barred from getting any sort of federal relief funds. So a lot of these programs that are happening through the Small Business Administration um, necessarily keep out um, cannabis businesses. So that is something that our government relations team is hard at work on. And we actually just sent out a call to action email yesterday to all of our members and anyone who's um, in support of the cannabis industry to reach out to your representatives because Congressman Blumenauer and um, Senator Rosen, Jackie Rosen from Nevada are circling um, a letter to leadership um, to bring up this specific issue uh, to see that um, state legal cannabis businesses do get the necessary relief they need for, for this, you know, super Got important it. And, time. And uh, pivoting over to Amy on the state association side, like what are you seeing from the states, you know, that there's that old adage that all politics are local. So uh, are, are you seeing anything interesting in any particular states that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, we, we have our allied associations program where we, um, where we work with the state and local associations. Um, and it's really because we don't really focus on the um, state policy. We're more focused on federal. Um, but we do, I, I think 
the main thing was really just uh, making sure that cannabis was deemed essential when um, when the states were deciding, you know, what businesses were going to be staying open during this time. Um, and it seems like a lot of the states have been um, have been on top of that. But yeah, then now we're now we're dealing with this issue that the states decided that cannabis is deemed essential. But yeah, they're not they're not given the opportunity that any other businesses with um, with like access to funding or anything else like that. So. Um, that's really what the states are dealing with right yeah. now. I think. And, well, I'm I'm here in New England and seeing what's going on in Massachusetts, where uh, suddenly, well, the recreational businesses, you know, they're they're not uh, getting all the love. And I guess from what I've read, they've seen an uptick in lots of people suddenly getting medical cards in the state. So uh, I think with the the hodgepodge of state rules and regulations, even with essential, non-essential, it definitely makes for some challenging times. Yeah, and I think, I mean, when they decided it here in Colorado specifically, when they said, hey, cannabis isn't essential and um, only medical is going to stay open, I mean, that caused chaos in the <laughs> in the state, and it was actually quite frightening to see. So I'm glad that they changed their mind, and, and I'm hoping that the other states that aren't allowing it right now will yeah, soon. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, earlier I said, you know, protect, promote, and inform. So a lot of what associations do is make their members smarter and make uh, people who are stakeholders smarter. So from an events and from a training perspective, you know, what what is NCIA uh, doing in addition to the, uh, you know, website updates Calico that you referred to earlier. You mean specifically around sort of the COVID? Um, well, response? COVID and really everything else, you know, just because we have COVID doesn't mean that the industry comes to a halt. So, sure. you know, ge general yeah, issues that, that you guys are, are trying to fight as well. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, you know, we um, at NCIA, we put on four annual trade shows, uh, up to 40 networking events a year. So we very much um, pride ourselves on putting together sort of unparalleled education for our members and usually do serve that up through events. So, you know, this sort of recent um, pandemic has definitely had us sort of reimagining how we can be getting this information to our members and helping them, um, you know, continue to, to operate their businesses even during a global pandemic. And so one of the things that we have been focusing on is in 2019, we we started finally doing some webinars. We were doing um, one a month. Uh, it was working out really great. We had some great responses. But now that we're sort of in this new digital era where everybody's you know sheltering in place and everyone's trying to keep keep up to date, um, we are now doing weekly webinars. We just recently launched what we're calling our Industry Essentials webinars webinar series, and this really will be the place where we will be sort of pushing a lot of the education uh, throughout the upcoming months. Our, recent trade show or our trade show that would be in the San Francisco Bay Area in June was postponed until September. So we're going to be, you know, repurposing a lot of the content that we would otherwise be putting through our trade shows and our regional networking events. We're going to be repurposing that to, to push it out through this webinar format. So, you know, definitely check out our website and uh, go to our webinar page and you can see our, our, um, our latest schedule. Oh, that's, that's terrific. And I'm sure the industry will appreciate that because it's so important to, to stay informed and also to stay connected. And I think for a lot of people, it's a great way to uh, make sure they're getting all the resources that they need. Now, looking ahead, as hard as that is, given the environment we're in, are there any new initiatives or legalization efforts that uh, NCIA is you know working on or embarking upon? Well, I know right now there's obviously there's a lot of a uh, 
a lot of attention being paid to the state level initiatives that are going on right now, which obviously, as Amy said, we're focused on the federal level. So we're not intimately involved in those campaigns, but certainly keeping our eyes on what's happening and whether some of those initiatives will ultimately be successful, despite not really being able to do a lot of in-person uh, signature gathering. Um, and then, you know, at, at NCIA, as it relates to sort of legalization in general, you know, part of that kind of blends into this uh, COVID-19 response conversation where our government relations team really is looking for any avenue to potentially continue to move the ball forward, obviously trying to get relief um, for cannabis businesses um, through the SPA and through some of these um, stimulus programs, but then also potentially looking for avenues to get safe banking passed uh, during this sort of um, response to COVID. Um, and then also, you know, we put out a white paper, our policy council developed a white paper last year that really is NCIA's vision of what a post-prohibition plan would look like um, and sort of, um, you know, what what sort of regulatory framework and what agencies would be involved with regulating what part of the cannabis plant. So we do have that white paper available on our website and our team is currently working on potentially crafting a federal bill that would mirror uh, that, um, that framework. So I definitely would encourage folks to check out our website, go to the Policy Council page and download that um, federal regulations uh, white paper, because that really is sort of the roadmap uh, that we hope to turn into legislation and ultimately uh, get passed at the federal level. Terrific, terrific. Um, so one last question that I wanted to ask is, as you both look back on the last 12 months, what has been your biggest achievement? And you can answer that as corporate or personally, but uh, whichever one you choose is up to you. I guess I'll start here. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't have anything that's been like huge, I guess I could say, but over the last couple of years, um, just the road to really having like an actual like career goals and working with NCIA and um, just really coming to a place where I actually like feel like I believe in the mission mm -hmm. and, and, and doing what I do best at NCIA is really creating this partnership program that we have with our associations, um, building that and working with them to really have the same message when we are talking about legalization on a federal level, um, even though these different state and local associations are working really at the state level. Um, but on a personal note, I did just get a puppy and that's been huge <laughs> for me and a great distraction during these hard times just to keep it light. Um, it's that's great these times are tough and, and I know that the industry will get through it. And, and I'm excited to see where we are at the end of all this crisis um, because, you know, as an industry, we've dealt with a lot of hardship. So I know that we can get through this. Together. Well said, well said. Coleco. Yeah. I would say, you know, as an organization within the last 12 months, our sort of biggest and maybe slightly out of the 12 months, but no, actually it would have been August. So last year we, the safe banking asked, Act passed the House. So it made it out of committee around this time last year. Uh, we had our lobby days in May, and then ultimately it ended up passing the full House in a vote of, I believe it was 321 to 103. Um, so that was a huge win for you know our organization because we've obviously been pushing that bill for six years since its inception, but then also more broadly for the industry and the movement as a whole, because that's the first sort of pro piece of legislation for cannabis that's ever passed any um, House of Congress. So that was a really big deal for you know our organization, but frankly, our members who have um, helped support us and made this this sort of uh, effort possible over the last 10 years. So you know, as an organization, as an industry, that was definitely one of the biggest achievements. And then for me personally, it's 
you know, really helping right now NCIA weather this sort of storm. You know, obviously, you know, we're putting on a lot of trade shows. We get a lot of revenue from that. So for us, it's diversifying our portfolio, putting out new options for our members to be able to help grow their businesses and then find new ways for us to potentially um, generate revenue as well so that we can, you know, ultimately stay afloat during all the crazy. Excellent. Well. Excellent. Well, thank you for those very thoughtful, uh, thoughtful answers. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier in the podcast for our viewers, uh, NCIA has joined the cannabis media family as one of our trade association partners. Uh, and this partnership began over a year ago. And I know both Amy, you and Coleco are active users within the platform. But um, I wanted to ask, you know, why did you guys join, decide to join the, the cannabis media trade association partnership program? I can jump in first. I think, um, you know, Larry, uh, Ed and I had actually connected um, a couple years back, you know, when Cannabis Media was first coming onto the scene. And at the time I was working on the business development side for NCIA. And, you know, when I first got a look at the platform, you know, it, it's to me a no brainer. Um, you know, the, the ability to be able to search sort of all of the various licenses across the country and have that updated on a regular basis is, um, you know, I would say like, just not not matched anywhere else and also like invaluable. So for us, you know, as an organization, you know, we obviously want to be representing all aspects of the industry, um, especially licensed businesses. So that was one of the things for me. It was just, you know, I thought it was a no brainer when you get a look at the uh, platform and realize that you have the ability to, to reach out to all of these folks. Yeah, and from a sales perspective, just because I, I just joined the sales team a few months ago and um, and it's been great for us to be able to navigate the industry through like active license holders where they are and, and just being able to filter through the platform has been great. Awesome. I love the feedback. I really do. I, I enjoy the, the section of our interview segment because it really uh, it makes my heart happy to hear uh, other businesses and associations acknowledge uh, something that I also see as a, as a no brainer as well. Um, but so you guys might have already answered, but how does this how does your team currently use this tool um, as a trade association? You know, you've got a few different aspects here. So how do you guys use the tool? So, um, I mean, from a sales perspective, we use it to reach out to the license holders, like I mentioned, um, and just especially when new states come on, I love the ability to, or not new states, new licenses within the states. Um, I get those email updates, and then we can uh, we can see who's been added as a license holder. So it's been great for us to kind of see how the industry's been growing, what kind of businesses are popping up in those areas, um, and then being able to reach out to them when they first come on because. Um, just getting them involved with NCIA from the start is, is important for the industry and for the association. And I think one of the sort of like awesome aspects of, you know, one of the ways we've used it is specifically for our regional um, networking events, you know, the ability to be able to have a tool where you can actually draw a radius, right? Like we could put in the address of our event, draw a hundred mile radius and find all of the licensees within that area. That really helps our team really be able to narrow down, you know, who are the folks in a specific region that we're going into that we should know and should be talking to. It allows us to reach out to them, you know, ahead of time and hopefully develop a relationship and a conversation even ahead of the event and then ultimately getting them to come out to an event and eventually join NCIA, you know, so that we can help grow the. No, that, that's great to hear. And, and also, you know, we do try and alert our customers when new states do come online. Uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, uh, West Virginia, uh, shared information on their applicants. So people who will get licenses at some point, and we know that some of our uh, 
associations and customers use that just to get a feel for you know where things are happening or are there any familiar names in there maybe from some multi-state uh, operators etc but um, one question that I wanted to, to dig into is sort of trends you see playing in the industry now as we look forward you know are there any markets that uh, you think are interesting or even just going even more broadly I've seen a lot of interest in uh, hallucinogens and how some areas are trying to uh, deregulate that, decriminalize it. Uh, I think it's happening in Oregon, Denver, and a few other places. You know, any any thoughts on that? Is that anything that's on your radar screen, or does it you know fall out of scope of NCIA? Yeah, it unfortunately falls outside of the scope of NCIA. But personally, I, you know, I think there, you know, folks on staff, including myself, who definitely support those efforts to to decriminalize. I think a lot of us who got into this industry uh, came up as drug policy reformers. So I think in general, we're in favor of being able to reform those policies. And, you know, I couldn't speak much to in terms of like what the trend line is along that and like what potential it may hold for crossover of industries or the popping up of a new industry. Um, but I definitely think like, you know, moving forward, once we get out of COVID and, you know, back to hopefully some sort of normalcy around conversations at the, uh, at the federal level, we will get closer to having a real conversation around um, ending prohibition at the federal level, which I think, you know, from a standpoint of looking at licensees, you know, I think that's going to help lead us to a place where, you know, we can have more licensees popping up around the state and, you know, not see some of the consolidation that we've seen um, in the in the last couple of years. Yeah, that, that makes sense, especially looking at it from, as you said, that federal standpoint where NCIA has had this, you know, decade-long um, track record of, of really moving the needle and being able to maybe help guide others that are trying to achieve those same aims. So that, that, that's great information to hear. Yeah, and I would just, I wanted to add um, back on Amanda's last question also just about one of the other ways we use it is, I know our government relations team really appreciates sort of some of the information and insights that they can glean from the, the program as well, because that obviously helps them when they are making the case to an elected officials and talking about you know, what is the actual footprint of the cannabis industry? Um, so, you know, for state level associations who are thinking about joining the partnership program, I would definitely say that that's a, another helpful tool outside of trying to drive business directly to the association is helping with the sort of the advocacy and the education you're doing with those elections. No, it's officials. good to hear. And I think as, as you both know from being on the association side, sometimes the most powerful metric you can do is simply to do the arithmetic and count something up and to say, you know, there's a hundred thousand cannabis and hemp licenses in the United States and they employ this many people. It's sort of that economic impact that, uh, especially when it's aggregated, can be a really powerful number for uh, all the stakeholders in the space. Yeah, well, we definitely appreciate your partnership as our one of our first trade association partners and as well as our guest here on today's podcast. Uh, Coleco, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. It really has been a pleasure getting to learn more about you as well as NCIA. Uh, and we'll have all of their contact information uh, included at the end of this podcast as well for anyone that wants to get in touch with NCIA. Thanks again, guys. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. And congrats on doing this podcast. You guys are doing a great job and really look forward to listening to future episodes. So, Ed, what's coming up next? So I'm working on the next Canacurio blog post, and this one is looking back on first quarter and where did all the cultivation licenses crop up? And sort of the top line view is we had almost 1,700 new licenses uh, issued in the first quarter, half 
were from California and almost half <laughs> were from Oklahoma. I think it's about 94% came from those two states. So that has really continued the trend that we've seen for some time. Um, but as we saw with dispensaries last week, um, it's Michigan that pulled in a third place. So they, they've actually been increasing their license issuance. And I think they had uh, 49 cultivations and behind them in fourth was Oregon. So uh, the other interesting point is that it looks like Oklahoma is slowing down. The, the, the trend line over the last four or five quarters is definitely pointing down, whereas California, it's it's uh, declining a bit, but not nearly as much. So you know, we'll see with Oklahoma, have we finally reached the saturation point, or are there lots more people with $2,500 burning a hole in their pocket and, and a barn where they're going to grow more cannabis? So we'll have to see. <laughs> well, everyone, exactly, Ed's words exactly. You'll have to stay tuned to figure out if the point of saturation has occurred in Oklahoma. But thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Stay tuned for more updates from the Data Vault.